Welcome back to another episode of Mind Your Autistic Brain as I am talking with Dr. Ali Arena from Ali Arena Communications and we are coming together and we have partnered up to create the Coaching Cafe on Relationships. So this is just a little hint, a little touch of what we'll be doing in the Coaching Cafe in these small, intimate, really wonderful groups where we're going to be doing these small group Zoom coaching sessions with you guys to go in deeper and help you identify the communication styles, identify the types of relationships, and how to help you navigate those relationships, especially coming up into the holiday season when we know we've got more stress, lots of things happening. Not only are you traveling and you're trying to engage and interact, sometimes it's just like all the sensory stuff that goes with it. You're like, whoa, I can just, this is too much to manage. We're going to help give you some tools and some resources to help this particular aspect go a lot smoother. Hi, I'm Carol Jean Whittington. And you're about to experience the new way to thrive in life and relationships as a late identified autistic by unveiling who you are, what you love, creating balance, and being the leader and creator of your best life. Get ready because this is where we go against the mainstream. We say no to outdated society norms and we say yes to who we are in order to create a joy-filled, balanced, and more neurodistinct world. Ubuntu. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. Welcome, Allie. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I love, love that we are having these conversations and that we're talking about these things because this is some of the stuff that is just like, you know, like we talked about, it's like, nobody gave me the handbook for this. Especially holidays. It's Holidays can be the worst, too, because all the Hallmark movies, everyone's like, oh, I love being with my family, and I love all the noises and people and smells. And like, actually, like, I live in California. My parents are in New Jersey, so, like, I get on an airplane. I have to board my dog before I go. I have to, like, prep my partner to be around a large family. There's a lot of little details that they don't show you in these movies. I tell, I mean, you you have like this Norman Rockwell painting of like the perfect Thanksgiving and the turkey's all golden. Everybody's sitting around and smiling. Yeah. And in reality, it's, you know, Aunt Flo is drunk in the backyard. The turkey burned <laughs> up. The dog got it, ran off with it. You know, some kids finger painted and crawl. <laughs> and guys got crayon on the wall. And, you know, everybody's fighting. <laughs> yes. That's why I love the, what's the National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. They're great. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like somewhere in between the two is the reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no one extreme or the other. And right. I think that that is, you know, it's sometimes when you can step back and, and with the communication things and knowing more about different types of relationships and sort of how to identify and navigate these own things within ourselves and identify them in other people. We could sit back and go, you know, Aunt Flo's out there because she's had a really rough year. You know, she's not trying to avoid the family. She, she's out there having a nice cocktail to relax because this is really hard for her this year, you know, nice. and just there's so many other things, you know, yeah, the turkey burned, but the turkey burned because mom was in the bathroom crying because grandma's not there this year, you know, and it's just like all these things. Or grandma's being a little mean because mom and grandma still have some issues some childhood that haven't been worked out. So there's the reality. Anxious. Yeah, there's just so many. 
I feel like once I became a therapist and put that lens on, it was like a reality show. I was like, oh, there's that dynamic playing out and that dynamic playing out. It's very fun, actually. And you know, I think in the midst of coming up the week, because right today is like the week before your wedding. And so all <laughs> oh, these things have really come to the surface because as we know, anytime anything's under pressure and stress, all the bits and pieces come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the and opinions... People love opinions. Oh, they all got them. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they all want to share them with you, especially when you're getting married. They want to tell yeah. you all the stuff you should be doing and what they did and, and how this was the way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that kind of happens during the holidays, too, because, you know, we get entrenched into these traditions mm -hmm. and we don't always stop to ask or question, well, why do we do it this way? Well, because that's how grandma did it. And that's how grandma's grandma did it. We've always done it this way. And you're just like, yeah, but this doesn't work anymore. This <laughs> I really work. hate this. And I also think the holidays are like undercover a time when people like rate your year, right? Because it's like, it's December, January is coming. Sometimes you only see these people at the holidays, right? So it, it's this moment of like, well, what have you done this year? Because you always get like, what's going on with work? What's new with you? What have you been up to or whatever? Right. And we all know that there's this like little undercover, um, rating system that's happening. I mean, at least last year, I feel like everyone felt like it wasn't a real year. So that didn't happen. But I know we didn't even year, put up a Christmas tree last year. We yeah, literally like plugged wasn't. in the little one. <laughs> It wasn't real, but who knows? Maybe now this year people are stacking you against two years. They're like, what have you done the past two years? Oh my gosh, Allie, you just killed it. I, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, I, no pressure anybody. I'm just going to be like COVID. It was still actively very COVID. So you know, and I, and I think that that's really a lot of what happens when we're going into these holiday events. We know that there's a silent rating system that's happening mm -hmm. and we're doing it to ourselves. We totally. are doing it to others and others are doing it to us in return, you know, and it's not conscious. It's not a conscious thing, but you know, where the shift happens is just like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. No. When it, when you acknowledge the fact that that's just like this, one of those social norm things that happens, it's just like totally useless to us. Really, that it doesn't serve. You just let it go. Mind blowing to me when I was able to figure out like, what are my expectations and then other people's. And it, it's okay to, you know, at the end of the year to maybe be like, oh, I didn't meet this expectation for myself. Totally fine. That's a conversation you have with yourself. Other people don't need to. Know. Well, you know, I think yeah. you just nailed it. It's the conversation you have with yourself. And really, when you're also in that conversation with yourself, especially when it's at the end of the year, because we're kind of moving into that territory where everybody's really starting to take stock. I mean, it's October and we're looking at what can I, 90 days. Right. What can yeah. I do in the next 60 days before I get into the holidays and have to go like yeah. perform, you know, kind of thing. You feel that way sometimes. What what is it? And it's really what's important to me because really nothing else matters. It's not what's important to your aunt Flo. It's not what's important to your boss. It's not what's important to your neighbor or anybody else or your spouse. It's what is it that's important to me and identifying what those values are and, and what those goals are that you set for yourself and not necessarily goal because I'm I, I, 
I'm not like a goal person. I'm like, I have, you know, the big picture and I know that these are components of what I want to hit, but it's like, what have I learned about myself? Yes. Where have I grown? A lot of times I set, um, I don't know if it's a goal or it's an intention, but it's more like an emotion. So like a few years ago, I started being like my, what I want is to be present at a holiday. Right. Cause what I used to do is be so worried about the next like eight holiday events I needed to go to, or the fact that I had to get gifts or whatever. Right. So I would be at these things and not take them in at all. And then January would happen and I would feel like I didn't even see my family because I was so in my own head. So that was an intention I tried to set, but to do that, and I know we'll get into this. I didn't go to all eight holiday parties. Like I really cut down on what I was doing, or I would, um, you know, drive my grandpa to the holiday party. So then I knew I had a car ride alone with my grandpa before we were around, you know, like 40 other people, little things like that really make a difference. Yeah, it really does. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking and helping you guys navigate in the coaching cafe sessions with Allie and I. So we're going to be helping you also set and determine what those intentions are, what the experiences that you are seeking to have with your family and in your relationships, you know, and, and being able to choose with intention so that your needs are being met and their needs are being met. And we're doing it in a way that's going to work for you. Because ultimately, that's what this is all about. It's how do we better, how do we improve, how do we create, craft, and become the leader and the author in our life experience? And our relationships are a huge part of that. So let's talk about some relationship styles, like types of relationships. This is kind of my jam over here. No, you're very so, good at this. So we have four relationship styles. We have the disconnected relationship. And that can all that can often be, and this was a big aha for me when I started to identify that, holy cow, I've got a lot of these in my life and I didn't realize that. So a disconnected relationship is one where one person in that relationship, it can sometimes be both people in the relationship, which really makes it super disconnected. But it's where you are not sharing your true deep, intimate thoughts and feelings and expressing them. So it kind of ties back into, you know, some of those communication styles. So the listener can sometimes end up in these disconnected relationships because they want to people please and they're not really comfortable sharing their deep, intimate thoughts or they haven't found a way to really say, I don't like sushi, you know? <laughs> so sometimes you end up in these, dis what's a disconnected relationship. You can be the person that's like, always listening, always giving, you know, you volunteer, you show up, you go help, you do all these things, yeah. but you're withholding a part of yourself. And sometimes that can be unconscious. You know, it's an unconscious yeah. thing. It's not that you're intentionally doing it. You don't think you are, you know, it, it and this was like huge for me. It was subconscious. And I, I didn't know I wasn't doing it. Right. Cause you're not even tapped into what you necessarily want to be sharing. And and in um, our previous video, like we gave the example of all of a sudden something erupts and you're like, oh, okay, that came out from really down below. I'm not sure what's happening there, you know? Um, and that's where this whole like, you know, stuff like doing a coaching cafe and just really a lot of self-inquiry and awareness 
makes it a lot easier to then move into a little bit more connected relationships. Exactly. And, you know, the biggest identifier for me that shifted, not just identifying those disconnected relationships, but how can I navigate and turn that disconnected relationship? Because I do love and care about that person. And I haven't really been showing up to create a true connection. How can I shift that? Because you can, you can take one of these three relationship types that we're going to talk about today and they all have the potential to become a true connection relationship if the skills and abilities are there for both people but one of the biggest identifiers for me in this was learning that i have alexithymia and not being able to recognize or identify sometimes what that feeling is that i'm experiencing because i feel all the feels but it was like unless it was a clear-cut like black or white, like I was really mad about something or I was really hurt about something. When it was a more subtle thing, I it took a long time for me to identify it or I had to find that I am, even though I have an auditory processing delay, I am an auditory processor, which is totally freaky. I don't know how that works, but it just does in my world. So I have to actually talk something out, out loud. So sometimes having that listener buddy is really great for me because I just need you to sit there and let me talk this out so that I can hear it and I can process it to figure out what's happening in here. <laughs> Well, and this is where the type of relationships and communication styles are really important because if you have someone in your life who you truly care about and you want to have a real connected relationship with, you can also give them a tool set. So sometimes you need them to actually ask, hey, wait, how are you feeling about this? And sometimes that question can actually feel like, oh, I don't know. You really put me on the spot. But it also can at least make you pause and think, how am I feeling about this? So I... um I struggle. I think mine's a lot of past trauma stuff, just not really integrating emotions, but I do struggle in them. I can be a little bit like ADHD dopamine, like let's go, 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 go. And like not take stock. So my partner's kind of learned halfway through to check in and be like, Hey, do you actually want to do this? How do you feel about that? Um, we were going to a wedding and we were going to stay in like a big Airbnb with his friends. And he was like, do you actually want to do that? You don't really like people. Like, do you want to be alone in a hotel? And I was like, oh yeah, no, I definitely want to do that. You're right. That would feel a lot better. So your part, like your partner, who whoever being able to ask you questions to, to, to bring you into the mode of trying to feel your feelings. Oh, that is so important. It really yeah. is. Like one of the greatest things that, that I've discovered in my relationship is that Josh knows just to sit and he just gives me space to like talk it out work it through and i've never had that before because number one i didn't know i needed it and i i can now ask him say hey i need to work this out i kind of have it started in my head but can you just listen and when i just let him know that then he's like yeah sure and he'll just sit there and i just like word vomit all over the place but it's like it's the best 15 or 20 minutes and then i've like gotten my answers and resolutions and stuff and and he'll he knows kind of like we've learned sort of back and forth through this he'll know it like when i get to a certain point then he just asks one or two pertinent questions that helps draw out that next thing and it's just like oh my gosh it's amazing <laughs> well and you did something really kind for him you kind of set the expectation. That's a really big um, complaint I get from men in couples therapy. They're like, I didn't know she didn't want advice. 
like I didn't know I was just supposed to <laughs> listen or like so now my partner will literally be like do you want me to give advice or am I just listening and I'm like just listen but if it's like a you know like a tactical thing like I was trying to figure out how to bill people he was like so you want advice on this right and I was like yes I want your brain like please give me you know and that's really oh I love this okay so that's also like on the other side of that because I do get into director mode Mm-hmm. Because I am, I want to fix it. I want to help somebody because I love them dearly and I don't want them, I see them suffering and I just like want to help them. I like, because I can see the solution, right? And so I just want to like fix the problem. Here it is. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I have to know in that relationship that I'm not always going to be fixing it. That might not be what my friend needs right then even though that's my heart and that's like my default I just want to fix it and a lot I, I tend to fall into what I know is a, is a lot of sort of the male part of that because <laughs> it typically is you know and we're not saying that it's a male or female thing because I'm a female and I totally do it but you know just recognizing that so sometimes you know like Dasha's mom and she's so sweet and sometimes she just wants me to listen and sometimes she does want my advice and I have to be careful because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, do you just need me to listen or do you want me to help you solve the problem? And sometimes she'll say, I want you to help me solve the problem. Sometimes she's like, no, I just really need you to listen. I just need to get it out. And so knowing that I have that default director (laughs) in me and she just needs that emotional connection point right then and be the listener. So being able to like identify your own communication and also identify in the relationship, you know, what that person might need in that moment because it changes you know and our relationship seasons change because not all relationships are for a lifetime we have relationships that are for seasons we have relationships that are for a specific reason and those aren't always sometimes we have this you know and part of the segment here that we're talking about is not just our our relationship types and styles but you know, the time span for relationships and what our beliefs are about those. And sometimes, you know, we're under that false belief that no matter what relationship or connection we make, it should be for a lifetime. And that's not the reality, is it, Allie? No. And I think, you know, TV and movies have really added to that. I was recently watching um, some show about like a friend group. And I, this kind of came to me the other day, all of those people are like friends from grade school or high school. And now like 20 years later, they're all living in like an apartment in New York somehow. Right. But it's interesting how the, like all that's the premise for a lot of them. It's not like, Oh, I met these friends throughout my life. And now we're all in one city together. It's like, they're all their college or high school friends. Um, And then I feel like with movies, I mean, the, you know, the Disney romantic fairy tale is we meet and we, we just fall in love so hard and then we're together forever. Right. And I think, um, and often no family dynamic is in any of these movies. Right. Um, Never. (laughs) So, you know, I just think that can kind of set us up for a little bit of, I have to be doing something wrong. I remember I was coaching a woman and she was like, I just want my sex in the city group. And I remember kind of being like, wait. And then I was like, okay, I get that. Like, that's all we see is that like, if you're single, then you have these three or four girlfriends where you're always out on the town. Right. And you're all talking about all the dates that you're on. Um, and then if you're in a relationship, you, you have this group of friends within that relationship. Like it's never just, um, a reality of maybe a couple who's just kind of doing their thing as a couple and seeing friends once in a while or whatever. Um, yeah. (laughs) It really is. And, you know, 
one of the things you and I have talked about a couple different times is like, there's this deficit model that's presented when it comes to sort of the social norm beliefs around romantic relationships. And it's like, somehow you're going to meet this one person that's going to complete you, you know, you complete me. Or, you know, somehow I won't feel uh, fully fulfilled in a whole person until I meet that one person. And that is such a broken model and it's not true. Well, and it leaves so many of us feeling like we're unworthy and less than, and that we we somehow are deficient and not worthy enough of being in a relationship, or that we're not good enough just by ourselves or on our own, that we're not complete. Or that the relationship is bad because I don't have butterflies all right. the time. You don't have that meet cute, you know, pick your heel up when you kiss them feeling. Right. Or that, you know, we don't have every single thing in common. So then this must not be, um, you know, a good relationship. And you and I have talked about this too. Like there are people in your life for certain, um, like intentions and things. And that's totally fine. Like my partner and I really don't like the same music. If I wanted to go to a concert, I'm like, I want to go see Britney Spears or Taylor Swift. You no, no way. I have to find a girlfriend to do that. And I have to find a girlfriend that also likes concerts, right? I have one. Most of my friends don't like concerts. So it's okay to think about people in a way of like, okay, what do we actually have in common? And what are the things that we like to talk about? Um, I have plenty of friends that work a nine to five. And if I tried to talk to them about being an entrepreneur, they would be like, I don't like you're speaking another language. It wouldn't there, you know, they might be like, how's business going? And I go good. And then we go on to the other common interests that we have because it's just not something we're going to talk about. But like my entrepreneurial business friends, we can nerd out on that for hours. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that that we're going to help everybody sort of understand and go a little bit deeper into in the coaching cafe sections is that, you know, you have these different friends and you have these different relationships that are going to meet certain needs for you and you're going to meet certain needs for other people. So, and it's really important to have those, like your romantic partner or your best friend is not going to meet all your needs and the expectation that one person is going to fulfill your whole world and all your needs is really setting yourself up for disappointment. It's setting your friend and your relationship and your romantic partner up for disappointment and frustration and all kinds of things that go on when you have those very unrealistic beliefs and expectations. It's you want to have at least a five, you know, f- there's five different kinds of, of relationships yeah. to have in your life. And we want to make sure that, you know, you guys are aware of that because we don't want you to fall into that. Cause I did, I totally fell into that. And it was like harming all my relationships and harming how I viewed myself. Cause I thought I was a failure because I couldn't find that one person that can meet all those needs. Right. And then we go into uh, people pleasing codependency. Like it can all get really interweaved in there and it, it then when something like that ends, it really is crushing because there aren't other, you don't have other outlets to maybe offset that a little. I mean, a breakup in general is very hard, but if it's really, if the, if this person was seen as they're filling everything for you and maybe even molded to fit their world a little bit more, it can feel really hard. Yeah, I can. So one of those other types of relationship dynamics types is a bad connection. And just because there's the word bad in there, it doesn't mean that it's a bad relationship necessarily overall. It just means that there's a bad connection. 
And it doesn't mean that the person that's in this, let me rephrase that. It doesn't mean that the people involved in this bad connection are bad people. It just means that there's a bad connection between them, okay? So when we have a bad connection relationship, it's one where do you catch yourself constantly thinking about this other person and what you can do to please them or get their attention or you are seeking to you know you find yourself like oh you know what would this person think about this and that person is like constantly on your mind from that frame set of you feel like you're in that second position you know like in a submissive non-authority position of of mutual understanding in that relationship now, this does not mean either person is bad. It does not mean, you know, there's all kinds of layers in this, okay, guys? But this, don't take it as this is, you know, bad people, all right? <laughs> these dynamics can occur really subconsciously. It's not like you come in saying, like, I'm going to people please or I'm submissive or I'll, do. it's, it's really small little acts yeah. that add up. And then we're human. So we're, we're going to fall into wherever we do within a dynamic. Um, and, and we'll stay there. That's why all of a sudden you go home and you haven't been your family home in years. And you're acting like an 18 year old. Like you just kind of fall into whatever dynamic was most prevalent at that point. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so what happens is that when we're talking about the connection in this bad connection, sometimes it's, it's just a subconscious and you're not aware of it. And it's, it's sometimes it's because your needs aren't getting met and you're seeking to get your need met. And the person, the other person in this relationship, you know, let's say maybe they're, you know, the director or the disregarder or a listener. And somehow in that, you're not feeling that they're hearing you and you're not getting the communication receiving you're not receiving the communication style that's meeting your need yeah. and so you're you're constantly seeking to try and get it and that person is maybe totally aware of their uh, unaware of their communication style and they think they're connecting with you because <laughs> just because it might feel like a bad connection on your end it may not be that way on their end they could be perceiving right. it totally differently so really these communication these relationship styles are about how you are perceiving the relationship and what your needs are that you're getting met or aren't getting met. And that's really where this gets a little bit more granular. And we're going to go deeper into this, into the coaching cafe segments. So then we have <clears throat> the false good connection. <laughs> this one feels amazing. This one feels so good. This is your, this is your friend that wants to go to the concert with you and have a really great time. She is not the one that's going to take you back to the bar you went to after the concert to get your debit card the next day. You will not get her to answer the phone. <laughs> She's really fun for those hours. Everyone wants to talk to her. Great at conversation, but yes, not not really following up on the life parts. Nope. Like she'll be glad to help you plan. You know, she's not going to help you plan the party. She'll be glad to help you host the party. She'll be there pouring drinks, making sure everybody's fed, having a really great time. But when it's time to clean up and, and put everything back and pay the bills, she's gone. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes these people can have kind of a really, uh, a really high good side, but a really dark, dark side because the energy they have to use to sort of be so captivating sometimes can really drain. Yes. Um, and That's you can exactly right. fall into being almost like a therapist for that dark side 
but you're not getting paid and you're just kind of seeing the nasty side of people because that other side is so good that you're like, I want to see that more. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, you can have like the captivator in this one yeah. and, you know, they're going to make sure all the feels are there and all the kind of stuff. But on the flip side, it's like, after I've done all that, I'm too tired to do all of the director nitty gritty kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, my cup's full and it, it's empty now and there's no space. You cannot pour anything in here. It's got to stay empty for a little bit and recharge. Right. So, you know, it, like with anything, just because a particular relationship style is being identified, it is not in any way a reflection on who that person is, is, you know, is a good quality person. Because we're all good quality people. It's just what level of awareness we have in our own personalities and our communication right. styles and how we're connecting with another person's communication styles. So within that, we also have like our the gold standard, the, the one type of relationship we are all seeking and what we're all looking for. And that's the true connection. The yeah. true connection relationship is where we can be our authentic selves, where we can authentically share with another person. Those, you know, sometimes dark, scary things that come into our brain, we can safely, we know that we can safely share that there's love, there's respect, and there's honor, and there's space for both people to be in the relationship. There is an understanding and a balance in communication styles. There is an understanding of what that space is and how you balance one another. Because, you know, knowing when I need to be a listener and when I need to be a director, knowing when I need to extend just, you know, hey, let's go out and do something fun because I feel like that's kind of what you need and let me know if that's what you need and being able to balance that. It's really finding that person where you can be yourself, where you don't have to be people pleasing and you don't have to, you know, be anything other than who you are, but where you're also changing those communication styles as the other person is changing communication styles because this needs change and flow in a relationship. You got to, I always think of it kind of like, um, you know, one of those things where you kind of like the balance, you know, the, the little ball in the oh, middle. Oh yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it's, it's like that little strip and the, and the ball goes uh -huh. back and forth and it's just yeah. kind of like, it's, it's little teeter-totter. You're trying to keep the ball in the middle, but it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. That, that's sort of the ebb and flow of a true connection relationship and, and it's that you honor one another in that. And it, the reason it, like, I think sometimes when we describe something like this, it almost seems like, Oh God, that, that seems so hard almost. But the thing is it, when you really are just feeling authentic, it, it feels natural. And then stepping up in some ways for this person also just feels so good. It doesn't feel depleting. It's you both are sort of getting this reward of doing these things for each other. And it kind of keeps compounding, which is why they're, they're a little bit more rare and you wouldn't, you're not going to have true connection with a ton of people because it just, it wouldn't, it's not meant to work that way. No. And that's what makes it so great is that you really just need that. You need one, at least one. Some of, you know, some of us are really lucky and we get maybe two or three. And sometimes those true connections fall into seasons, just like, you know, not a lifetime. Not all true connections are for a lifetime. I've had true connection relationship that was just for a season and that was okay. But in that season of true connection, 
that's where just these amazing things happen, not just for you, but for the other person. And sometimes it's that true connection was in that season, not for your benefit specifically, but for the benefit of that other person. Right. So I love that. So Allie, if, if we have these four different styles and types of relationships, we've got disconnected, we've got the bad connection, we've got the false good connection, and we've got that true connection. And we talked about, you know, in those three relationship styles, there's all different factors and combinations of sometimes what those communication styles that we have contribute to those types of relationships we might be experiencing. But I think the big takeaway on this one is that in any of those three that no matter what it might be right now for you in that relationship, the, there is a potential for that relationship once you've identified some of these components that we've talked about in the last two episodes to shift it to a true connection relationship. Absolutely. And I and and it takes a second to figure out who you are and how you communicate and to be a little bit of a detective and think about how that person communicates because you brought up a really good point before Carol Jean, it could feel disconnected to you, but that other person might actually be experiencing more of a connection with you because they are communicating in a way that works for them. You're not receiving it on your end. And it is your responsibility to be like, all right, what is not working here? So you can communicate to that person because they're, unfortunately, I wish people could read my mind, but they can't. So you have to, I'm glad people don't read my mind. That's true. Sometimes, (laughs) Yeah. But, um, there are times though, I wish my partner could just know what I was thinking. I wouldn't have to be so vulnerable and express. I wouldn't have Um, to figure it out. You just know. And that's, you know, that's one, it doesn't. And you know, Allie, that's probably one of the most harmful beliefs is that, the one that we can hold that somebody should just know what we're yeah, feeling. They just know. Why aren't they just like they should guess? Out? Right. Yeah. Like, haven't I sent you all the signals and clues? How do you not know right. this is how I feel? Why should I have to tell you how I feel? Yeah. Right. Because we fall into that that false belief and that one. Yeah. And that that really sometimes can be some of the deepest hurt that we experience in a relationship, not recognizing that that belief is really what's hurting us. Right. Right. <laughs> So Ellie, I want to know when we're looking at these different four types of community of relationship styles, when we're looking at communication, maybe what would you say is like the biggest thing to recognize if we've got like a disconnected, a bad connection or a false good connection that we're sort of identifying, you know, what is it that we want to identify in our communication style and maybe how to try something to shift a relationship? Yeah. So I think it's one thinking about how you feel after an interaction. So do you feel leaving depleted? Like maybe you are just listening and not really voicing anything. Um, Do you sometimes feel like when that person's communicating with you, it feels a little harsh or direct. You might have to have a conversation around like, actually, I think I just want you to, can I just vent? All I want to do is vent. Um, And just sort of Again, it's really, it's a lot of self-inquiry of inquiry. <laughs> How do I feel after this interaction? Um, did I not really voice some things? You know, what can happen too is you go into having dinner with someone knowing like, oh, I want to tell them about this. And you didn't. So sort of sitting with yourself and saying like, okay, well, why didn't that come up? Did I actually not feel like there was space for it? 
Um, is this person kind of leading every conversation? It's a lot of just thinking about what happened when you were both communicating. Oh, I love that. Cause I think one of the things that was such a big aha moment for me was recognizing that sometimes what I did and why I had disconnected or any of the, anything other than a true connection relationship sometimes was that there was, there was a fear that I was holding a belief that I was, I was really stuck in because I wasn't seeing that there was another way that maybe that belief wasn't true. So I was keeping silent because I was afraid I didn't would lose that person or I would offend them or that if I said it, that they would think differently about me. I have heard that from so many people I work with. I've heard them. Um, they've been told before they're too much or they're, they're too direct or um, the face they make about certain things. Like there's just, a, and, and these, this dialogue starts pretty young. So then it's like compounded and, and yeah, I could see where you're almost like paralyzed in a way to want to communicate certain things. Um, but take stock because like, am I feeling kind of empty after a lot of these? Um, do I even relate to what these people are talking about? You know, I think sometimes we think like we have to be in certain groups. Um, but it's actually like, I have no interest in what these people are talking. I don't even really, like I'm fake. I'm completely faking this. That's something too, to think about. (laughs) You know, and I think that that is such a great point. We're going to end right there because I think that's one that we're just going to leave everybody just kind of percolate on for a little bit. (laughs) Definitely. Because I think that that's such a big part of in that late identify in the late identified life first. And I know it was for me and I know it is for so many people because I had somebody send an email the other day and I thought, oh, man, I remember being here in this position. It's like you look around and you've got this group of people that you've done stuff with for several years and you've sort of like forced yourself because you thought you were supposed to be doing it. You thought you were supposed to be in this particular group and, you know, you didn't over time. It just becomes like that tradition, like a holiday tradition kind of thing. And it's like you find that you're tired. You're not fulfilled from this. It really isn't serving you in your life anymore. But then you're like, I don't want to like feel like people like I'm rejecting them or I'm being mean or I'm just like stepping away. But it's just like we all grow and evolve and change. And the people that were in our life, you know, yesterday aren't the people that are meant to be in our life tomorrow because we're not the same people. Right. And there's a kind way to to move through that. There absolutely is. And Coaching Cafe, we will be digging into any of those specific example relationships and and situations that you might be dealing with to help you navigate those in a way that's going to be of service to you and be from a place of love and kindness for all involved. Thanks so much for being here, Allie. Guys, we are super excited. The doors are open. Make sure that you've gone in and reserved your spot and you're ready to get started because Allie and I are ready to get started with you. We are so excited. We are looking forward to this first small group coaching session on relationships. So make sure because you only have a limited time and there are only a limited amount of seats because we want to keep this small so that we can best serve you and really dive in deep and really dig in and help you find out what those communication styles are that you and your relationship person have and where we can help you navigate in each one of these situations and change some of those to a true connection if it's there because there always is potential, right, Allie? There is, yes. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. If you are someone who likes to help people and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts 
so that you can be the blessing in another late-identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audi so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or recurring supporter through either Buy Me a Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener and thank you for adding your voice to our story.